everyone and welcome to the Blackthorn Arch, a podcast all about the folk tales, fairy stories and spooky encounters of the UK. My name is Hearth, spelt H-E-A-R-T-H, and today we're going to be talking about the myths and legends of the Giant's Causeway. Now apologies in advance for both my podcast listeners and my YouTube listeners. I have a bit of a sore throat today, I have nothing else wrong with me whatsoever, I just sang in the shower a little bit too much last night, and now I cannot talk properly, but I was so desperate to film this episode that I decided to push ahead anyway, so I apologise if it is a little bit distracting, hopefully it won't distract you too too much. Now the Giant's Causeway is one of the most famous landmarks in the British Isles. It's one of the many reasons why so many tourists flock to the Northern Irish coast every single year. It's a stunning landscape, and if you have the opportunity to see photos or to visit yourself, I would thoroughly recommend it. For those of you who don't know what the Giant's Causeway is, it is a site of geological significance on the North Irish coast. It's a beautiful landscape that contains around 40,000 hexagonal basalt columns. Now, at first glance, these basalt columns may appear to be man-made, when actually, they're entirely natural. This phenomena is seen not only in Ireland, but also in Scotland, and it's led many generations of people to question, how did it get there? What created it? Who created it? And the who is what we're going to be focusing on today. To get started though, I do want to mention how this geological formation came to exist. It is in fact entirely natural, and it was created by volcanic activity around 50 to 60 million years ago. Across this area was a large swathe of volcanic activity. The rapid cooling of this lava created what we see today as these beautiful hexagonal basalt columns. And it's the hexagonal shape that makes them so interesting. They look so manufactured, and yet it is entirely natural. The Giant's Causeway isn't the only place where these formations are found. They're also found on the coast of Scotland, in Ulster, as well as on the Hebridean island of Staffa, primarily within Findle's Cave. Now, this island is uninhabited today, but it is very popular for tourists who will often take boat rides to see what Findle's Cave looks like for themselves. Now, alongside Scotland, they're also found on the Isle of Man. The desire to rationalise the same geological formation being found in three different places across one stretch of water has ultimately led to the plethora of mythology and legends surrounding the Giant's Causeway that we see today. The myth and legend of the Giant's Causeway all surrounds a singular figure, Theon Mac Cumhale, also known as Finn McCool. Now, Finn McCool is seen in other areas of Irish mythology as a human warrior associated with the Finnian's tribe, a group of peoples that resided in Ireland before the Celts. Now, up until the story of the Giant's Causeway, Finn McCool was simply a human warrior, nothing more than that. However, once we get to the legend of the Giant's Causeway, he becomes a giant. And not just any giant, the strongest giant in Ireland, believed to be 16 metres or 54 feet tall, with the strength of 500 men. The main figure of these legends remains the same, Finn McCool. However, the legends actually change depending on who you're talking to. The first one is a love story. Everyone loves a good love story, although this one is a little bit sad. It is said that Finn McCool, the Irish giant, fell in love with a Scottish maiden. 
He loved her so much that he wanted to bring her back with him to Ireland so they could be married and to live together. However, separating him from his love was the ocean. And rather than get his feet wet, he instead chose to build a causeway. He spent day and night labouring as he set individual stones into the ocean to create a causeway that stretched between him and his love. While he was going, he became tired and decided he should rest for the night. Coming inside, he slept soundly. However, not everyone slept that night. His grandmother, fearing that she would lose him to Scotland forever, decided he couldn't leave. She wouldn't allow him to leave. And so using her magic, she conjured up a storm to destroy the causeway. And while Finn McCool slept, the storm did its job. When he awoke, his work was destroyed, and so he decided to start again, determined he was going to reach his love on the other side of the ocean. And so he built and he built, and he built, and while he did, the storm raged around him, destroying his work as quickly as he was building it. Eventually, he decided one last attempt. This was it. He had to get across to his maiden on the other side of the ocean, and so in the night, he set out again to continue building. The storm raged around him, knocking stones down left, right, and centre. At every stone he set, lightning struck around him, hitting him as well as the causeway. As dawn broke, Finn McCool made it to the Scottish coast, where he collapsed into the arms of his maiden. However, the exhaustion of his journey had cost him much, and as he took his final breaths, the storm consumed the causeway he had created. Upon hearing the commotion, his grandmother rushed to Stukan Headland, where she was horrified by what she saw. The storm that she had conjured had cost her grandson his life. Unable to go on, knowing what she had done, she turned herself into stone, and her stooped figure is still visible to this day if you look in the right place at the right time. That's one version of the legend. A love story, if you could call it that. I'd argue it's probably more of a tragedy than a love story. Once the storm had cleared, the causeway was nearly completely gone, only in certain parts had it remained, which was believed to explain why these rock formations were only found on the coast of Ireland, the coast of Scotland, and the Isle of Man. The story that we're going to be talking about next is the main story that you will hear in relation to the Giant's Causeway. It's the one that tour guides primarily give if you go to visit the area, and it's generally the one that most people know. Though I will say now, the story varies so drastically between different resources, it's very difficult to pin down what the original story was. Over the years, things have been added and things have been taken away, so I've tried my best to combine as many of these resources as I can in a way that makes the story seem cohesive. It is a story of rivalry and deception, of a very smart wife and a very large baby. Long, long ago, on the Antrim coast of Ireland, lived a giant. The largest giant in Ireland, Finn McCool. He lived here with his wife, Una and he believed himself to be the largest giant in the world. Across the sea, on the coast of Scotland, there lived another giant, Ben and Donna, who believed himself to be the largest giant to have ever lived. 
these two became rivals, each certain that they were the largest giant to have ever existed. One day, Finn McCool finally lost his cool. He was so angry and frustrated by Ben and Donna's taunts that he picked up a piece of rock and threw it at him across the ocean. He wasn't a particularly good shot, he did in fact miss, and this piece of rock is believed to go on to become the Isle of Man. The hole that now remained from where he had ripped the stone out of the earth went on to become Loch Ney the largest lake in Ireland. Angry and frustrated that he couldn't reach Ben and Donna from across the Irish Sea, he decided to accept a battle. He was going to fight him to prove, once and for all, that he, Finn McCool, was in fact the largest giant in existence, and proving Ben and Donna wrong once and for all. They both began creating the causeway, a bridge between Ireland and Scotland, so that they could fight it out to prove who was superior. Each of them began placing their stones individually, slowly but surely crossing the Irish Sea. Finn McCool's confidence, however, suddenly dissipated when he saw Ben and Donna for the first time. Before, he could only hear his taunts. Now, he could see the beast of a giant approaching him across the causeway. He was huge, bigger than any giant he had ever seen, bigger even than himself. Deciding that the only way to win this fight was to not fight at all, Finn McCool decided he needed to leave, right now. Instead of approaching Ben and Donna and saying he was the largest giant, he decided to run away instead. And run he did, so fast that he didn't look back when he lost one of his boots, which can still be seen today. He made it home, rushing inside his house and begging his wife, Una, if she had any ideas that could keep him alive from this fight, to make sure he won. Now, Una was very smart, probably smarter than Finn was, and she had an ingenious idea. Ideally, Finn McCool would have liked to have made it home unnoticed by Ben and Donna. However, he wasn't so lucky. Ben and Donna quickly realised that his foe had fled, and he wasn't having any of that. He was going to finish this once and for all to prove that he, not Finn McCool, was the largest giant in existence. And so he decided to pay Finn McCool a visit at home. Now, Finn and Una could hear Ben and Donna coming. He was so huge, his footsteps shook the earth. And as he approached, they had to stuff moss into their ears to stop them from being deafened by the sounds of his footsteps. In an attempt to hide Finn McCool, his wife Una wrapped a sheet around him and stuffed him into a baby's cot, just in time, as Ben and Donna knocked on the front door. Inviting him in, he requested that he see Finn McCool. Keeping her cool, Una informed him that Finn McCool had gone on a hunting trip and wouldn't be back for several hours. But maybe Ben and Donna would like to stay for dinner. She asked what his favourite food was and began cooking. While cooking griddle bread, Una began pointing out the weaponry and the shields that were around the home, trying to amp up the ferociousness of her husband, his size, his strength, anything to try to convince Ben and Donna that his foe was much larger than he actually was. When food was ready, Una served up griddle bread with the iron griddle pressed inside it. Upon taking a bite, Ben and Donna lost three of his front teeth. 
Believing Una was simply not a particularly good cook, he continued eating the other things that she had given him, including a strip of hard fat that had been nailed to a red timber board. Upon biting, he lost a further two of his teeth. He began realising that something was going on, something wasn't quite right, and when he heard movement in the bedroom, he began to question it. What was the noise? Where was it coming from? Why was he hearing it? Being quick-thinking as she was, Una mentioned that the baby must be stirring. It was time to feed it. Perhaps Ben and Donna would like to meet her and Finn McCool's child. Upon entering the bedroom, Ben and Donna looked inside the cot to see a ginormous baby. A baby the size of a grown giant with a full face of facial hair. Realising he had probably bitten off more than he could chew, he began to back away. If this was the size of the baby, how big was the father? This infant was so huge, his father must be ten times his size. He realised that there was no chance he could win a fight with a giant that big, so he made his excuses to Una and fled as fast as he could back across the causeway, and as he went, he ripped up the causeway in his wake so no one especially not Finn McCool, could follow him back to Scotland. And that goes to explain how these basalt structures are only seen on the Isle of Man, the rock that was thrown at Ben and Donna from Ireland, as well as on the Scottish coast and the Irish coast. And this story is just marvellous. I love the visuals of imagining Ben and Donna coming into the bedroom and seeing a giant baby. Like, not even a giant's baby but an actual giant baby with a full face of facial hair. That is just the most marvellous imagery that I can think of. I love this story. Now, it's important to note here that this is just one story of many. Every resource I looked at had a slightly different version of the tale. Different tour guides will give different stories, and so it's really difficult to pinpoint what the original tale was. Some stories are so different they don't even include the baby, which I actually think is really, really sad. One of these stories is that Ben and Donna and Finn McCool were feuding across the ocean. They were throwing taunts at each other. Eventually, Finn McCool lost it, throwing what became the Isle of Man at him from across the ocean and missing. They then began to build the causeway, eventually giving up part way, falling asleep in exhaustion and deciding it simply wasn't worth the effort. And so the causeway is as we see it today, a small amount on the Scottish coast, a small amount on the Irish coast, and the Isle of Man sat somewhere in between. Now that's a very simplistic version of the much larger story. However, there are some stories that are even more fantastical than that. In one tale, it is said that as Finn McCool is a baby lying in the cot, Ben and Donna reaches in to pick up the infant. Upon doing so, Finn McCool grabs his hand and bites off his middle finger, his magic middle finger, the finger in which he stores all of his power and strength. And once Finn McCool bites off, Ben and Donna's finger, he loses all of his giant abilities, his stature, his strength. It's all gone. And suddenly he realises he can't even face a baby, let alone Finn McCool. 
so he flees back across the causeway, which over time eroded to becoming what it is today. That's a really interesting version of the story. I think we can all agree that a magical middle finger sounds amazing. Maybe that's just me. That sounds like an awesome version of the story. That's probably the most far-fetched of all of them, and that's saying something given the fact that we're talking about a story of giants. The causeway itself isn't the only interesting feature in this area. There are several other landmarks around that are not only beautiful, but also add into the story little by little. Now, most of these structures are, of course, completely natural. They are created by the rock around it eroding because it is a softer material than the rock that is left behind. However, the mythology just adds so much magic to these seemingly simplistic rock formations that's ultimately led to the expansion of the lore that surrounds the Giant's Causeway. The first of these is Finn McCool's Boot. Now, Finn McCool's Boot is a stone structure that's still standing to this day. It's a very popular photography spot. You'll see many photos of people sitting on the boot. Now, the boot is actually a very hard stone that has been left behind while the softer rock around it has eroded away, but it is a very distinctive boot-like shape. Now, this boot is two meters long, and it's been calculated that this would be around a size 93.5 shoe. Now, I believe that's British sizing for shoes, which makes it even more impressive. Now, it's believed that, as I mentioned earlier, as Finn McCool was fleeing back to Ireland, the boot, Cinderella style, came off. It fell off the causeway and fell into the ocean, and rather than taking the time to fish it out again, he just left it where it was and continued to flee all the way back home. Another feature of this landscape is known as Finn McCool's chair, also known as the wishing chair. Now, it is said that this is Finn McCool's childhood chair, and it has magical properties. If you were to sit in this chair while thinking of your wish, it's believed that your wish will come true. And historically, there have been many authors that have noted that when they sat in this chair, within the year, their wish came true. Now, this, of course, could all be coincidence, or there could be something a little bit more magical going on with this chair. Now, once upon a time, it was only women who were allowed to sit in this chair. I'm not entirely sure of the thought process behind that, but it was only women who were permitted to sit and wish. However, now anyone can go and sit and wish in the chair, and it's been wished in so many times, the stone is almost completely smooth from all of the butts that have caressed the chair's seat. Was that a weird way of saying it? Probably, but you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with it. The last of the features that has significant folklore surrounding it is known as the camel. Now, the camel is, much like Finn McCool's boot, a very hard stone structure that has been left behind while the softer stone around it has been eroded away. Now, it's said that the camel was the only creature that was capable of carrying and bearing Finn McCool's weight as a giant across long distance, and he so loved his steed that he wouldn't allow himself to be parted from it, ultimately turning the camel into stone where it resides to this day. These are not the only structures in the area. There are others, such as the chimney stacks, the giant's gate, and the giant's organ, also known as the giant's harp, 
These are stunning geological formations. And if you can look up the images or check out the YouTube video of this episode, you can see these in the images that I've added in. It is beautiful. And I'm very fortunate to have photos that were taken by my parents who have recently come back from a trip to Ireland themselves. And they say it was stunning. And I cannot wait till I'm able to go myself one day. One day, probably not anytime soon, but I would love to make a trip across to see the beautiful landscape as well as the geology and the mythology. Now, although today this area is a hotspot for tourists who are primarily very respectful and understanding of the site's history, its geological significance, and are willing to respect it, not everyone has actually respected this site. For hundreds of years, people didn't respect the area in the same way they do today. Tourists would take pieces of the rock as souvenirs, or worse, whole columns away with them to sell as curios all around the world. Today, though, we're very lucky that this is illegal, and this area is now protected as part of the National Trust. The National Trust is an organisation that helps to protect sites of significance, as well as old buildings and historical locations, and the area is also protected because of its status as a World Heritage Site. And I am very grateful that it has these protections so that we can preserve not only the landscape and the geology, but also the mythology that surrounds this area for hundreds of years to come. I really hope that you did enjoy today's tale. If you've heard another story of the Giant's Causeway, feel free to let me know in the comment section or you can contact me via the podcast episode page. If you are listening to this podcast, it is also available in video form on YouTube under the channel name Through the Blackthorn Arch. If you're watching this on YouTube, these episodes are also available on the go through podcast platforms under the name Through the Blackthorn Arch. I loved researching this. I've spent so long trying to pin down exactly the version of the story that I wanted to tell, and I love this version of the tale. I really hope that you did enjoy it yourself and that I can get you back through the Blackthorn Arch again for another episode next week. Till then, I hope you have a marvellous magical day, I hope you're all staying safe, and I'll maybe see you through the Blackthorn Arch next week. Bye!